Hey guys, this is Pastor Neil. I just want to say thank you so much for joining us today on this podcast. Hey, would you do us a huge favor today? Would you subscribe, like, or leave us a review wherever you get this content? It really helps us reach other people with the gospel. Also, we would love, love to see you at our campus uh, on a Sunday morning. We meet at 1010 South Bowie Drive in Weatherford, Texas. You can check out our service times and more information about the church on our on our website, waterhousechurch.com. Check us out on Facebook or any other social media sites that you may have. We would love to see you. I pray that today you are renewed, restored, refreshed, and that your spirit comes alive. Now here is today's message. Merry Christmas, everybody. So what was your favorite song? No Christmas shoes today? <laughs> yeah, that's banned here. Sorry. Uh, that's going to be a good day today. It's already a good day. Thank you so much for being here today. Um, I just want to throw out something uh, to you. Uh, maybe you've been here for a long time or, or you, you're new here. Uh, maybe God's done something in your life and you're wondering, how do I... Like, what's the next steps for me? I've given my life to Christ. What's the next steps? And so I would like to invite you to partake in our next steps class. And the best way to do that is there's a QR code in front of you. If you want to scan that, uh, it's got the next steps class on there. You can go ahead and register for that. And uh, we can walk you through uh, salvation, through baptism and water, through baptism in the Holy Spirit, how we can... Uh, use our gifts for God and for his glory. Then also at the end of it, you get an opportunity to become a member of the church. So maybe those things are piquing your interest. We'd love to see at the next, uh, next, next Steps class, which I believe is next Wednesday, correct? Um, and so I got to be there, so I need to know that. So next Wednesday uh, at 7 o'clock is our next Next Steps, next, next Steps class. Um, and so hope to see you there as well. How many of you are ready for the word this morning? All right, very good. Uh, I want to read this passage to you. Um, and as I read it, uh, let's stand for the reading of the word. So if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs 13, 12. Proverbs 13, 12. I'm going to say it a couple of times so we get it in our hearts. The word says, hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a tree of life. Hope deferred or hope uh, put off makes the heart sick. But a dream fulfilled, a desire fulfilled, becomes a tree of life in us. Father God, I pray today, Lord, for the people in here that their hearts are sick. God, that the promise seems deferred, it seems delayed, it seems like it's not going to happen. And Lord, right now they want to give up on you. They want to give up on their faith. They want to give up on everything, God, even their life, because their hearts are sick, because they've lost hope. Lord, I pray today that they get hope in their heart that that promise is revealed to them and that it becomes a tree of life in their, in their heart, God, that it, it springs up and that eternal life brings out of them. God, I thank you for that today. I thank you for this message today, Lord. I pray that you would open the ears to hear, the hearts to receive. Lord, let me, as your messenger, just speak your word. Help me, Lord, because I need it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may have a seat. Well, we do know it's Christmas time, and some of us are super excited about Christmas. Two of us are super excited about Christmas. Some of us are not. Like the first service was full of like Buddy the Elves. They were super happy, like smiling is their favorite. Like Christmas was here, can't get here fast enough. Maybe this is the Grinch crowd. Are you the Grinch crowd? Got to watch out for you guys. 
You know, uh, there's people that as soon as the leaf turns orange or red, as soon as they see a little, as soon as the temperature drops below 95 in, in Texas, it's like, let's bring out the Christmas stuff. They put the music on, they put the clothes on, they put the warm clothes on, even though it's hot, they don't care. It's like, I'm going to celebrate Christmas right now. And then you have the other ones that are like, I don't want it to come. I don't want Christmas to come. I don't want to put up the Christmas tree this year. I don't want to even do anything. I don't even want to participate this year. It's just too soon, right? I'm not ready for it. And, and so I don't know where you're at. Maybe you're one of the people that are just always excited about Christmas and it's never, it can never get here soon enough. Or maybe you're on the other side and you're like the Grinch standing on top of the mountain saying, Christmas is coming. How can I stop it? You're like, there's got to be some way to shut down Christmas. But either way, I want to talk to you about uh, the timing of the Lord today, because no matter what you do, you, if you're excited about Christmas, or you're not excited about Christmas, it still comes. It still comes on the same day every year. You can't stop it no matter how, how uh, much ahead of it you try to get and you prepare for it. You can't stop it no matter how much you procrastinate and try to keep it from coming. It's going to come because the timing is there and you have to step into it. And today I want you to know that the timing of the Lord, even though, look, it's, it's sometimes it's like Christmas. The timing of the Lord sometimes is a little too soon. Sometimes the timing of the Lord is a little too, uh, too long, but his timing is perfect. Not for us always, but for him, his timing is perfect. And many of you today might have read that passage and you're like, that's my heart. It's sick right now. Like I'm weak. I'm weary. I want to give up. I don't know where, how to move forward. I don't know what to do. Like I've been hoping and waiting and I've been asking God to do this for me. I've been asking God to step in and, and I'm not seeing any answered prayers. It doesn't seem like God cares. It seems like everything is deterred or deferred and it's never going to happen. And, and today I hope that we can instill a little hope into your heart, a little courage into you, a little encouragement for you. Because as we talk about the Lord's timing, as we step into the Christmas season and the timing of this season, I hope that, that you realize that God's timing is not very convenient for us, but it's just what we need because his timing is perfect. Amen? Amen? And to tell someone that, to tell someone that, that you know, because you've, you've heard the saying, God is never early. God is never late. He's always right on time. How many have heard that? How helpful is that when you're waiting? <laughs> it's not, right? <laughs> because tell that to someone who's been sick for years and years and years, and they've been waiting for God to heal them, and they've been waiting for God to move in, and you tell them, well, you know, it's God's timing. What about someone that's, uh, their marriage has been on the rocks for years and years and years, and they've been, they've been digging in, they've been doing all the hard work, and God doesn't seem to be doing anything in that marriage, and they're waiting for God to answer their prayers. How does that line up to them? Maybe there's people today that, that man, you're, you're waiting for your child to come home. You've been praying for them to come to faith. You know they know where Jesus is, but for whatever reason, they're running away from Christ, and you've been, you've been asking God, God, when are they going to come home? When is the prodigal going to return home? And, and you're, you're losing hope, and you're losing faith, and your heart is becoming sick because it doesn't seem like God's timing is right on time. You know, we say that his timing is right on time. But one thing I learned from scripture is that God's timing is never right on time. It's perfect. It's never right on time for us. Ask Lazarus if his timing was right on time. Now, he's in the grave for days. And then Jesus shows up. And you see the story of Mary and Martha. They're like, Jesus, where were you, man? 
If you would have been here days ago, he wouldn't have died. Ask the disciples if Jesus' timing is right on time. Jesus was always leading the disciples into the, wrong, into the wrong place at the wrong time. He was taking them to places that were dangerous. He was taking them to places that didn't make sense. God's timing seems to be a lot of times not right. But I tell you today that God's timing is always perfect because we don't see everything that God is doing in the background. We don't see all the, all the ins and outs of life. And, and to us, sometimes God's timing seems cruel. It seems hard. And we don't understand why he's delaying. We don't understand why it's not happening. But I want you to know today, I want to encourage you that God is always doing something on the outside. God is always doing something on the inside of us. God is always working, even though we don't see him working. And as we enter this Christmas season, we're going to start looking at some stories in scripture about some people that God used in a miraculous way to bring the birth of Jesus Christ into the world. And you look at these people in scripture and you look at them and you think, man, they got it all together. They're perfect. They got, you know, Mary was perfect. And Zachariah, who we're going to talk about today, was, was perfect. And we look at their lives and we're, and we're like, man, they got it all figured out. That's why God used them because they were righteous and they were good and they were perfect. But I'm telling you, the more you look at scripture and the more you look at the people that God used, the more you realize they're a whole lot like us, right? They have fears. They, 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 they mess up. They fail so many times. God tells them to do something and they give God excuses over and over. It's just like us. And sometimes God asks you to do something. His timing is not always great for us. And so we're going to look at scripture today. We're going to look at two stories and tie those into how that ties into God's timing, how it's perfect. Not always convenient, but perfect. And so we're going to read today about a man named Zechariah and then also Mary, the mother of Jesus. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn with me to Luke chapter 1. It should be easy to find. Luke chapter 1, it's going to be up on the board as well, chapter 5 through 38. And we're going to look at two people's uh, lives and how God came to them, asked them to do something, told them something was going to happen. But for one, his timing was too late. And for the other, the timing was too soon. But as we'll look at the story and the greater story, we realize that God's timing is perfect. And so you ready? Luke chapter 1, 5 through uh, 38. Ready or not, here we go. When Herod was king of Judea, there was a Jewish priest named Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes, careful to obey all the Lord's commandments and regulations. I think it's important that we realize that there was that Zechariah and Elizabeth were doing nothing wrong. They were doing all the right things, that they were righteous in God's eyes, like God had favor on them. God saw them. And, and yet, here was the problem. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive, and they were both very old. And so what that tells me is that sometimes God answering your prayer is not because you're doing anything wrong. God is lining up something else that we don't see on the outside. And so many times I think that you're blaming yourself. Like, God, you're not answering my prayer. This thing isn't happening because there's something in my life that's off. There's something in my life that's wrong. And, and in reality, you're probably right in smack dab in the will of God. And you're just losing hope and you're losing faith in the one that's going to make it happen instead of looking at yourself and seeing what you don't have or what you do have and not letting him do that. And so sometimes the, the timing of God has nothing to do with how we 
follow him. Sometimes it does, but sometimes we're doing all the right things. He's just working other things out. And so she couldn't have a baby. They were both old. Zachariah and his wife wanted a child for years and years and years. They've been praying for this child for years and years and years. And yet God has not answered their prayer. And so maybe they have given up. But as it is, we see the timing of God in this passage. And so it was a day. On one day, verse 8, Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And as was custom of the priests, he was chosen by lot to enter the sanctuary of the Lord and burn incense. And while the incense was burning, a great crowd stood outside praying. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him standing, in the right, in, standing to the right of the incense altar. And so what is going on here with Zechariah? So back then, priests would serve in the temple and, and, not, and priests would be given lots. I mean, they would like draw straws and they would be given duties. And today was Zechariah's day to go burn incense. This was a once in a lifetime opportunity. Like if you got chosen to burn incense, if you got chosen to go do the showbread, whatever was in the Holy of Holies, that was a once in a lifetime opportunity for you. And today was Zechariah's day. God had lined that timeline up for Zechariah to be in that exact place for God to speak to him. And so Zechariah enters in, he lights the, the incense. And when incense in scripture talks about, it's, it's imagery of our prayers going to heaven. So anywhere you see incense in scripture, it's symbolic of our prayers going up to God. And so Zechariah, who's been praying for a child, walks into the very presence of manifest presence of God, which was in that holy of holy place in the temple. He's standing as close to God as anybody can get here on this earth. And he's lighting this incense and he's praying to God on behalf of the people. And in the middle of his prayers, an angel shows up right next to the prayer. And in that moment, Zechariah sees the angel and the angel says something very, very beautiful to him, but something very, very hard for Zechariah to understand. And so he sees the angel and then verse 12, Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayer. God has heard your prayer. And I think so many of us think that God doesn't hear our prayers, but God hears our prayers. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son and you are to name him John. He's talking about John the Baptist here. You will, be, you will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, for he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. He will must never touch wine or alcoholic drinks. He will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before his birth, and, we, and he will turn many Israelites to the Lord their God. He will be a man with the spirit and the power of Elijah. He will prepare the people for the coming of the Lord. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, and he will cause those who are rebellious to accept the wisdom of the godly. Look, Zechariah was a priest. He should know this. He should know about John the Baptist. He should know about the one who's preparing the way for the Lord. And this angel tells him that your son is going to be the one that paves the way for the Lord, the forerunner for Jesus Christ. And then Zechariah said to the angel, that's awesome. Thank you. You're an angel. I have to believe you. No. What did he say? How can I be sure this will happen? The dude standing next to an angel in, in the middle of the presence of God. And he's asking this question. 
how do I know this is really going to happen? And listen to his response. Doubt. And his reason was, I'm too old. I'm an old man now. How's this going to happen? And my wife, she's old too. How is this going to happen? This seems impossible. And then the angel said to him, I'm Gabriel. I know you've heard about me. (laughs) I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring this good news to you. But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you will be silent and able to speak until the child is born. You know, I think sometimes it would be a blessing if God just shut our mouth. (laughs) Right? Because sometimes he'll tell us stuff and we're like, Zachariah, let me give you all the reasons why that can't happen, God. And he shuts Zachariah's mouth because you know, he just doesn't, he needs to believe it. And so sometimes we just need to think about what God says and not speak what he says. And so he shuts his mouth and this is what happens. But now, since you didn't believe me as what I said, you will be silent and able to speak until the child is born. And here's how we know this. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. You might want to underline that in your, in your Bibles. He says, for my word will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. And then meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah to come out of the sanctuary, wondering why he was taking so long. And when he finally came out, he couldn't speak to them. Then they realized from his gestures and his silence that he must have been a, seen a vision in the sanctuary. And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. How kind the Lord is, she exclaimed. He has taken away my disgrace of having no children. So what can we learn from Zechariah about God's timing? It's terribly inconvenient. Zechariah gives God all these excuses why he cannot, that this can't happen. I'm too old. I think so many of us look at our lives and we're kind of like Zechariah and we see this expiration date on our life. You, you know, when you go to your cabinet and you start looking at all the canned goods and things and bread and, you know, all the stuff in there and it says what? Some of it says expired, but most of it says what? Best Buy. What does that mean? Like, Best Buy this date. And I think many of us have that same attitude about our lives. We think, Lord, you can only use me between ages 20 and ages 45. That's my Best Buy date, right? Other than that, you're not getting all of it, right? You're not, it's not going to be any good. It's going to have a little funk taste to it. <laughs> but, but God's saying, you don't have an expiration date. He's saying, there is no best buy date on your life. He says, from the time you're born, from the time you die, I've given you a call and a purpose in your life, and you are to fulfill it. And Zechariah is saying, God, we're done. The best buy date's over. Like, my wife's too old to have a baby. I'm too old. I mean, I don't want to be at the PTA meeting and they're going, oh, your grandparents are here? (laughs) No, that's my mom and dad. Oh, how did that happen? (laughs) Mm. And so there's many times in our life we, we look at God and he tells us something and we're like, God, it's too late. God, you can't use me. God, I'm too old. And I want to tell you today, maybe today you're that person you think you're too old for God to use. You're not too old for God to use. I think of Caleb in scripture. He was 80 years old 
And he goes to Joshua and he says, I'm going to take the biggest, baddest, hardest land in Israel. That's for my family. That's my inheritance. And I'm just as strong now at 80 years old as I was at 40 years old. Give me that mountain. There's giants in that mountain, but I'm going to take those giants out. And I think you need to have that same tenacity in your life saying, you know what? I'm breathing. I have wisdom. I have knowledge. And I have the Holy Spirit in me. And so I'm going to be able to do what God asked me to do. It's never too late. There's no expiration date on your life, especially for those who know Jesus Christ. That label has been ripped off. But he gives him excuses. And he says, how can I be sure this will happen? And I love the angel's response. My words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. When we realize that God has a proper time, that God has um, a perfect timing for all things, it allows us to not become so, uh, not become so discouraged. So I think we become discouraged because God isn't doing the thing that he said he was going to do or we thought he was going to do in the timeline that we gave him. And as the passage says in Proverbs, we become what? Heart sick. And we want to give up on life. But I'm telling you, God wants to remind you today that you still have a purpose, that it's never too late, that he will make it happen in its proper time. You just can't give up and you can't lose heart. And here's one thing I love about Zechariah. We give him a hard time because, I mean, he is standing in front of an angel and he's giving him all the reasons why this isn't going to happen. We would have done the same thing, guys. Sometimes we ask God, can you just send me an angel to tell me? Well, every time in scripture, it never went well for those people. Because they always told the angel, they didn't, God doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> but we have to trust God's timing. We have to trust that he's working something out that we don't see. We have to trust that, that he is the great timekeeper. So often we look at the timeline when we should be looking at the one who keeps the time. We're looking at the, the thing that's promised instead of the one who promises it. And so for us, I think the best thing we can do is trust the timekeeper. You know, when I was a, a young man, young child, not too long ago, I played soccer. How many of my soccer friends in here? How many of y'all play soccer? All right. Soccer hooligans. Uh, Played soccer as a kid. I, you know, I wasn't really any good at it, but, you know, my mom made me go. Uh, and so I thought it would be good for me. But I, I loved soccer. I did like it. just wasn't good at it. And my coach would say this to us because uh, we were just distracted all the time. And we were always looking at the time, wondering if it's time. Is the game over yet? Right? Are we losing? How much time we got to win? What time snacks afterwards? Right? When's the Capri Suns come out? I want to go home. And we'd always be looking at the time. And, and I don't remember a whole lot about what he told us, but this is one thing that stuck with me. And when I was writing this, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember that. He said this. He said, stop looking at the time and just play the game. He said, stop worrying about the time and just play the game. The ref will let you know when the time is up. So when you hear the whistle, 
The time's over. Don't worry about the time. Worry about the task in front of you. See, God has given us all a task, and we're worried about the timeline. We're worried about how much time we have to do it. We're worried about all these things. And he's, God's saying, just like my coach to you today, don't worry about the time. Worry about the task. When the time's up, I'll let you know. Until then, keep playing. And here's the thing I love about Zachariah. Even though he wasn't getting his answered, even though he wasn't getting the child that he wanted, and he's an old man now, he still served the Lord faithfully. Because it said that he and his wife were righteous and blameless before the Lord. They didn't, let, they didn't let the discouragement of not having a child deter their destiny. And I think for you and for me today, maybe there's discouragement in your heart. And if you let that take root and you let that move in your life, it's going to keep you from the destiny that God has for you. And Zechariah, even though he like argued with God, Elizabeth still became pregnant. Elizabeth still delivered John the Baptist. And so for you today, I just want to encourage you, if you feel like you're out of time, if you feel like it's too late, trust the timekeeper. Trust the one that called you because his words will happen in its proper time. So I want to look today at 2 Peter 3.8. This is what Peter tells us, and I think it's good for us to remember today. But you must not forget this one thing. He's telling us today, don't forget this one thing. Dear friends, a day is like a thousand years to the Lord, and a thousand years is like a day. What he's saying is God's not in a big hurry. He doesn't have an expiration date. And, and he's saying this. He's saying the Lord isn't being slow about his promise, as some think. No, he's being patient for your sake. Man, there's so many things that when I prayed for, and if I would have gotten what I prayed for at the time that I prayed for it, I would have messed it up because I wasn't ready for the promise. And, and, God, and, and Peter is reminding us here. He's talking about the bigger idea of people coming to faith. But it's a good reminder that sometimes the delay is really a blessing for our sake. And we don't see it all. But then he goes on to say, he, he, he has promised in his word so many things and so many things you're asking, okay, why hasn't this happened yet? Lord, why haven't you come? Why hasn't this happened? And he's saying he's delaying the inevitable for this reason, because he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed. The Lord loved the world in this way, that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. And so God loves people. He loves you. He loves me. He loves the person that, that you don't like. And, and he's waiting for them to come to faith. He's giving them time. He's giving them time to say yes to them. He's giving them time to repent to him today. And today I want you to know it's never too late. Maybe you're in here and you've never given your life to Jesus. It's never too late. God has been waiting for this moment. He's been waiting for this second for you to say yes to him. He's been pulling it in your heart. And he says he doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but he wants everyone to come to repentance. That means he's wanting everybody to come back to him. And so don't let your disappointment keep you from your destiny. Don't get heart sick because you're not seeing the answer that you want. Trust in him. Trust in the one who keeps the time. And so we can look at Mary's response now. For Mary, it was way too soon. In the scripture, it says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to, an, to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. And Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. I mean, if an angel came to you and said, Greetings, favored woman, what would you think? You're like, uh. The same thing with Mary. She's like, What are you, who am I? Like, why are you talking to me? And so, Her response is what anybody's response would be. And he says, you have found favor with God. Don't be afraid. For you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel, for his kingdom will never end. So guys, Mary knew. All right, you know the song, Mary, did you know? She knew right there. So there's the answer. Mary knew. So the angel tells her, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. I mean, is that some pressure or not? And she goes on to say, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. This is not with doubt. She's, just wanted, she's, trying, she's needing some understanding. Where Zechariah came to the angel with doubt, she came to the, to the angel saying, I need understanding. Help me understand how this is going to happen. She came with faith, but sometimes faith is walking in saying, Lord, I need more understanding. And then the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth. So he he tells Mary about this miracle that's happened with, with Elizabeth. Your relative has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she, was, she has conceived a son and is now in her sixth month. Did you get that? People used to say she was barren. You know what people say about you and God says about you are totally different things. And so many times people will put labels on you and they'll tell you this will never happen. Oh, look at you. But God's saying, no, my word stands true. It doesn't matter what people say about you. It only matters what God says about you. And I pray that you can hold on to that saying, no, this is what God said about me. This is the truth of, of who God is in my life. It doesn't matter what the person next to me says. It doesn't matter what my parents say about me. It all matters is what God says about me. I hope you hold on to that because this is what led Mary to say what she said. I believe what you said about me, angel. So she goes on to say, for the word, the angel goes on to say, for the word of God will never, ever fail. Other translations, you'll read it maybe in your Bible. It says something like this. Is anything too hard for God or nothing is impossible for God? What the angel is saying is that the word of God will never fail. If God says it, it's going to happen. The timing is always good because it's always perfect. It's not convenient, but it's good. And Mary responded this way. I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. And so we see with Mary, it's way too early. She's betrothed to be married. And the angel says, you're going to have a child. And she says, uh, yeah, I'm a virgin and I'm not married yet. And how is this going to work? It's a little early, don't you think? And I think some of us are like, I want to talk to you today. Maybe God has put something on your heart, something in your life. And he's, he's telling you, go, I'm telling you to do this. I put this in your heart and you need to move. And you're just like, ah, it's too early, God. Maybe if I had a little bit more, 
Maybe if I understood a little bit more. Maybe if I had all the finances up front, God, maybe. Maybe if I knew the ins and outs of things, God, then maybe I would move. To you, it's always a little bit too early. You're not ready to move into it because of the excuses you make. And I'm telling you, if God tells you to do something, you need to do it. Because if God leads you to it, he's going to lead you through it. I just say that all the time. You just have to step into it. God has lined up everything to play out. You just have to trust him in that. And Mary trusted the angel. I mean, think about this. Mary had a whole lot more to lose than Zechariah. For Zechariah, it was just an additive. I mean, it was just, it was a blessing. But to Mary, it could have been seen as a curse. She was unmarried. She was going to be pregnant. And in that time and age, some really bad things could have happened to her. Number one, obviously, Joseph could have broken off the marriage and he could have actually turned her into the authorities. She could have been stoned because somehow, you're, I mean, people don't just get pregnant by themselves, right? So something happened here. You committed adultery. And so Mary had a lot to lose. She had to take a risk to do what God asked her to do. And for you and for me, sometimes you got to take a risk. That's what faith is. It's stepping out and taking a risk for the Lord because he said to do it. And Mary understood that. And she said, Lord, let it be unto me as you said. I'm trusting your word. I'm trusting what you say. And she stepped out in faith. Too many of us wait for all the conditions to be perfect to move. Ecclesiastes 11.4 says this, farmers who wait for the perfect weather never plant. It's never perfect weather. If they watch every cloud, they never harvest. What's the wisest man to ever live saying? He's saying far too many people wait for the perfect conditions to do something for God. So many people wait for the perfect conditions to do what is right. And I'm telling you, if you're waiting for the perfect weather, if you're waiting for the perfect conditions, it's never going to happen. When God tells you to do something, step out in faith. It doesn't matter if there's a storm. It doesn't matter if it's windy. It doesn't matter if it's cloudy. It doesn't matter if it's sunny. You can storm real quick. If God's telling you to do it, you do it without thinking about the consequences in, such, in a certain way like Mary did. She said, God, let it be unto me. Whatever happens, happens. God, I'm going to be and do what you've called me to do. And too many of us are looking at the weather. We're looking at the forecast and we're making our decisions based on something that may or may not happen. Step out in faith and see what God does. Because here's what I know. Stepping out in faith is very inconvenient. It's very inconvenient for us. But when you trust him, good things happen. I think about scripture. You know, in scripture, when you read Jesus's story, you see that every time Jesus did something great, it was inconvenient. Sometimes it was inconvenient for the person he was giving a miracle for. Other times it was inconvenient for him. What I mean by, like, he was always getting disrupted. When Jesus would walk through town, it says that these people would cry out to Jesus to get healed. And the disciples would tell them, Jesus is too busy for you. Like, he's an important man. You know this is Jesus, right? Maybe, maybe come to him next weekend. We'll make an appointment. 
But here's what I know, that the Lord does his best work in the inconvenience of life. People were healed when he was interrupted. People dis- Jesus disrupted people's life and inconvenienced people, but their lives were changed forever. You think it was a convenience for Peter when he called him out of the, when he, when he told him, drop your nets and come follow me. Was it convenient for Matthew when he was sitting in the tax collector belt and said, Matthew, come follow me. Was it convenient for them? No. But was it beautiful? Yes. So God calls us to do things that are inconvenient. And his timing, most of all, is inconvenient. But what I know about his timing is it's never early. It's never late. It's not really right on time for me, but it's always perfect. And so we have to trust in him who controls the wind, who controls the weather, and trust that he's going to make it happen. Because like he said, the angel said, his word will never fail. And we know it never fails because today we're celebrating the Christmas season. And we celebrate it because we know that in Scripture that Jesus was prophesied about for thousands of of years, that every word in here from Genesis to Revelation is about Jesus, his coming to this earth, his coming back. And we know now, post-crucifixion, post-resurrection, that this thing played out good. But in that day and age, they didn't know that. In that day and age, the Romans had stepped in, had taken over their land. They were being, they're under this heavy rule of the Romans under the heavy role of the religious leaders, for them, God's timing seemed very, very late. Lord, you said thousands of years ago you were going to bring your son to us. But yet, where is he? And now in this moment, God was using two old people and a girl that's way too young to do a miracle through. God's timing is perfect. In fact, Isaiah 7.14 prophesies about Mary prophesies about Mary being used to bring Jesus in the world. It says, all right, then this is the Lord talking. (laughs) All right, listen up. The Lord himself will give you a sign. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. It's beautiful. When we took communion, that's what we were saying. God, you are with us. Jesus came through Mary. It was fulfilled through this. It was uh, prophesied through Isaiah. And then also John the Baptist and Jesus was prophesied through Malachi. So Malachi the prophet in 3.1 says, look, I'm sending my messenger and he will prepare the way before me. He's saying, I'm blazing a trail for Jesus to come. Then the Lord you are seeking will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant whom you look so eagerly is surely coming, says the Lord of heaven's armies. This was a prophecy about John the Baptist. He was the one who cut the path for Jesus to come. And so in this moment, both of these prophecies and many other prophecies in Scripture are being fulfilled with these two people, with two old people and a girl too young. But God does his best work when the timing is bad for us. And so I pray that you trust his timing, trust his goodness, that, when, that you don't see yourself as too far gone or too old or too tired or too expired or, or best by your best by date is, way, is done. God has, still has a plan for you. I pray that today you may think you're too young and I'm talking to you, to youth. I'm talking to you younger ones. 
younger than me. She's getting a whole lot more of those people. It's never too early. If God calls you to it, he's going to see you through it. You just got to step into faith. And so don't give excuses. Just let's have the same attitude like Mary had. Lord, I'm your servant. Let it be unto me as you said. Amen. If I can get the worship team and the prayer team to come, I want to close this way. Would you stand with me? Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this message today. And God, I know you had me hit a couple points that I didn't share in the first service, but God, it was for somebody here today. And Lord, I pray that they heard. I pray that your spirit spoke to them. And Lord, that they realized that you still have a purpose in their life. Lord, I pray for those that are older today. Lord, maybe not even old as far as age goes, but they think they're done. They think they're expired. They think their best days are over. But Lord, you're calling them and you've told them. And I want to remind them today that the calling and the purposes of God are irrevocable. That if, he's, if you've called people to do something, then you expect them to do it and you've given them all that they need to do it. And Lord, in your, your patience, you're waiting for them to step out. And Lord, I pray that today they make that decision to step out. Lord, I pray for those today that you've been working in their life. You've called them to do something hard or something they seem impossible. And to them, it's way too soon. Lord, they're giving you all the excuses and they're telling you what they need before they do it. And you're just telling them to step out. Lord, I pray that they would have the courage today to step out and to have the faith that you're going to meet them there in that place. And Lord, I pray for those today that do not know you, Jesus, and maybe they've come to church today. Maybe they're watching online. I don't know where they're at, but Lord, you've been pulling on their hearts from the first time they entered the door and, and, and you've been begging with them. You've been patient with them. And you've been waiting for them to come home. You've been waiting for them to accept your son. And you've been so loving and you've been so kind to them. And they're feeling your kindness right now. And they want to say yes to you, Jesus. I pray that today they would say yes to you, Jesus. And so this is the challenge for you guys. I'm going to hit three people, three types of people. And I want to pray for you. And so if today you, you feel like Zachariah and the timing is off. You feel too old. You feel used. You feel like God can't do anything through you. And, and you know that God has more for you. I want to pray for you. Maybe today you're like Mary and God's asked you to do something and the timing seems off. It seems too soon. You don't have what it takes or you don't feel like you have what you need. I want to, I want to pray for you. Maybe today you're the other person that you've heard God's voice and he's calling you to come give your life to him. And he's telling you now is the time to step out in faith. And so if that's any of you, if you fit any of those three categories, I just want you to raise your hand. I want to pray for you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. All through the house. It's good. It's good. It's good. I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to do one step forward because this is an activation of faith. There's people at the altar here who want to pray for you. And so sometimes you say, okay, God, I'm going to do what you ask, but then you never move on it. This simple, act, this simple act of stepping forward is you saying, Lord, I'm not just going to say it, but I'm going to do it. 
And today, if you want to give your life to Jesus and, and, you, and you don't know how, please come to the altar. These ministry team, there's some in the back as well if you're not comfortable coming up here, but there's some altar ministry team at the back. They want to pray with you. They want to lead you in that prayer of salvation, and they want to give you some next steps. And so today, if that's you, if you feel like I'm too old, if you feel like I'm too young, if you feel like, Lord, I need to give my life to you, I'm going to ask you to come out and step in faith and get prayer. So, Father, I pray that as Christian leads us in this song, as Marjorie sings, God, that these people would feel led by the Spirit to come get prayed for. And, Lord, as they activate their faith, God, that you would break forth in miracles, that you would do signs and wonders in their life, God, that you would heal their bodies, heal their souls, that you would restore their energy, God, that they would be like Caleb. When they walk up, they may feel old and busted, but when they get to the altar, God, they feel young and new. Lord, you said you would renew their strength like wings of eagles, God. I pray that they would rise up, Lord, that you'd renew their strength like eagles. God, I pray for those that feel like they're too young or they don't have what it takes, that when they come up, Lord, as soon as they step up, they feel empowered, they feel encouraged, and they feel engaged. Lord, I pray for those that want to give their life to Jesus when they step up, God, that they feel your spirit inhabit their life. We thank you, Lord, for your ministry. We thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name now, Father, I pray that you draw everyone up to these prayer. Holy Spirit, draw them up. In Jesus' name, we're going to sing this song. And then Karen's going to close this service out. Amen.